Inauguration Day will come and there will be riots. At least that's what they're saying. With all due respect, I have not seen word one of it. It's a false flag. That's why, Tony. Look, don't ever use the term false flag with me. It's going to make me look at you very, very sketch. Here's what I think. That yes, indeed, you have this FBI warning about armed protesters. That's how it was came about first, armed protesters at all 50 state capitals. And I said, so what? Tell me what's wrong with an armed protester. <gasps> And people, you could feel them clutching their pearls. I don't know what clutching the pearls sounds like. I'm assuming that's what it sounds like. And they clutched their pearls and said, armed? Well, yeah, we have a Second Amendment. People have the right to keep and bear arms. What's your problem? What, are you afraid? You see a gun and you just wet yourself and run the other direction? That's pretty messed up if you ask me. I don't think you should do that. As a matter of fact, I think you should do everything but that because we have no other thing in our society where we see something and we tell people to be afraid and run and hide and scream. If you see someone shooting a gun, run and hide and scream. If you see somebody carrying a gun, just know that they're carrying a gun. That's all you got to do. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's so good to be with you. 833-GOT-TONY. 833-468-8669. The blockbuster deal. You got Harden going to the Nets. You got the Oladipo move out of uh, Indiana. Uh, Dave Briggs, formerly of uh, NBC Sports Network and Fox News, will be with us to kind of break that down that's coming up. But these armed protests, I didn't even think anything of it, Okay. Armed protest. I'm armed most places I go. I guess it's an armed protest everywhere I am. Just paid no attention to that. Then it got into this idea that they're going to be, there's going to be violence and riots at the capitals. And I said, look, I can only speak of where I live. I can't speak of other places because I maybe wouldn't get that information. If there was some kind of protest scheduled, I, I, I figure at this stage I would have seen it. So that's an anecdotal statement, not a, uh, a data set statement, right? Meaning that, well, you don't know everything that's out there. I'm agreeing I don't know everything that's out there about what might be planned. I've heard nothing. It said if something was planned, maybe somebody would bring it up to me. Like somehow it would cross my desk of all the things everybody sends me. And that's the kind of thing that would, would come my way. Is this all meant to make people afraid? You have the inauguration itself, 20,000 National Guard troops are going to be there. And I said, okay, now tell me how many National Guard troops are present at a normal inauguration? I don't think you could tell me zero. So when you tell me 20,000, you make it sound like a big giant number. You know what I don't have? Context for how many people there are normally. And I haven't found the answer yet. Producer Ari, I'm putting you on it to let us know tomorrow how many National Guard troops are normally there. Is it zero? That would be something. Is it 3,000? That would be something. Is it normally 12,000? It would be less of something. But we've always seen security at an inauguration. But now they've got fencing, and now they're going to close part of the National Mall. I argue closing part of the National Mall. If you want the best conspiracy theory of the day, um, you know what? I don't have my computer, 
so I don't have my 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 soundboard. So my X Files music producer Ari, I don't have my X Files to do to do my my conspiracy. Here is my conspiracy on why they are closing down part of the National Mall. It's because they want to be able to have an excuse when the crowd size is so small. You got your coronavirus and the fact that, oh, 80 million people didn't vote for for Joe Biden, and this is going to be the proof. Tell me that's not awesome. It's something. Amazing. But I know nothing about these riots, and I would, of course, not want them. There's going to be rioting at all 50 capitals. There shouldn't be. I haven't changed my mind. Rioters should be put down. Tony! What? 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 Rioters should be met with force. Is that better? You don't get to just destroy private property. You don't get to attack people. You don't get to threaten people. The answer is no. You should be met with force. I don't think that's wrong. As a matter of fact, I find it very odd when others don't agree. Sometimes you can have a different opinion. You're going to simply allow rioters? Okay, that's awkward. It's as awkward as making the claim that Donald Trump's words led to a riot and then you don't take a look at your own words. Let's do a flashback, if we can, to Cory Booker. He's senator from New Jersey. Right, and that's my call to action here. Please don't just come here today and then go home. Go to the Hill today. Get up and please get up in the face of some Congress people. Well, that's that's pretty violent. How about Rashida Tlaib? In Michigan's 13th, we proudly speak truth to power, even in the face of a racist in chief. Those who incited an attack on the People's House do not get to talk about healing and unity. They have torn this country apart. They have stoked the fire and then handed the gasoline to Donald Trump. Such unity. Call them racist in chief and then say, all you Republicans, it's all your fault. Wow. This from the anti-Semite Rashida Tlaib, uh, look, based on her own actions, uh, and not even a mention of the allowing for, the pushing for, and the condoning of violence that took place, well, in Michigan and other places. This is certainly not somebody who wants unity. Uh, Neither, by the way, is Representative Cori Bush new to the House of Representatives from St. Louis. Madam Speaker, St. Louis and I rise in support of the article of impeachment against Donald J. Trump. If we fail to remove a white supremacist president who incited a white supremacist insurrection, it's communities like Missouri's first district that suffer the most. White supremacist president and a white supremacist insurrection, what is she talking about? First, she's al- you're allowed to call the president a white supremacist on the floor of the House. That should be immediate censure. Not a white supremacist. It's just, it, you sound silly. And, and by the way, the reason you sound silly is because when you decide everything is racist, well, you kind of don't have good ways to, you know, engage with people. Because we look at you askew. 
But what in the world about this all of a sudden got into a race conversation? Well, that's the only narrative that Representative Bush has. She has nothing else to offer. She refuses to engage in in an intellectual way, so you get this. That's where all of this name-calling and, 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 and all of it comes from, is this idea that you can't articulate your position. So you go to these things because you feel you have some morality to it, some moral acceptance to it, which is all based on emotion because everybody around you says, yes, yes, that's right. And anybody who disagrees, well, we've already determined that they're racists. That's what anti-racism does. That's what the whole concept of white fragility does. It states that if you are to engage in an intellectual pursuit on these things that doesn't go along with what they determined is the pre-approved methodology, you are a bigot. It brings us to Representative Eric Swalwell on CNN. But they're saying um, holding him accountable is different from the people who directly were involved in tearing down the doors and rampaging uh, the, the Capitol building. Well, Osama bin Laden did not enter U.S. soil on September 11, but it was widely acknowledged that he was responsible for inspiring the attack on our country. The ignorance, the despicableness. By the way, Eric Swalwell was sleeping with a Chinese spy. And until we see an investigation, that's what I'm going with. Eric Swalwell sleeping with a Chinese spy. He gets to be an impeachment manager. And he compares Donald Trump to Osama bin Laden. We all know that's completely insane. If only because Osama bin Laden didn't inspire people to the terrorism, he hired them and trained them, paid for them, and sent them. You must read The Looming Tower. But when the desire is to destroy others and not engage honestly and you applaud the destruction of others, you are ranked on how you destroy others. Well, that's how the Cory Bushes of the world and Rashida Tlaibs of the world and Eric Swalwells of the world rise. I oppose riots. I oppose mobs. Mobs on the street and technological mobs like Amazon and Google and Apple. I oppose low thinking like Representative Bush and Representative Tlaib and Representative Swalwell. And nobody should be rioting at state capitals anywhere. Armed protest is fine. Then go home peacefully. What's wrong with you? I'm Tony Katz. The trade was bigger than people, I think, thought possible, right? Yeah, James Harden clearly, as I see it, wanted to go. The Nets clearly said, man, we can make this uh, the power three, but how this deal went down is nuts. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, 833, got Tony, 833-468-8669. Let me bring in Dave Briggs, formerly of NBC Sports and of Fox News. He covers all of these things uh, for us, and we take a look at this deal. It is huge. It is multiplayer, and there are teams, I don't even know why they're involved. First things first, how badly were the Nets looking to get Harden? Well, uh, good to talk to you, Tony. I mean, look, this is all about 
wanting to get James Harden out of Houston. Let's start with that. Now, clearly Brooklyn has wanted a third piece, something that puts them over the top throughout the entire season. And James Harden's made it been known that he wants to be in Brooklyn. But this was about James Harden coming into camp, fat and out of shape and bitter and bad attitude, a cancer in the locker room, and some video of him with some, some ladies without a mask, and a guy that they were quite convinced was not going to win them a title, and that's because they're right. James Harden was never going to win a title in Houston, not in that Western Conference. And you have to look at what they're getting in return to understand what they think is going to happen. They think this experiment is going to be a unrequited disaster because they got back four number one picks from Brooklyn. They are betting on Brooklyn being a disaster on those three pieces not fitting together, and therefore those picks could be lottery picks. They could be top 10 picks, whereas if it works out for Brooklyn and they do win titles, those picks are somewhere in the 20s. So I love what Houston's doing in betting big, but the fact of the matter is they're back to being a a middling team with no chance to contend in the West and hoping those one seeds work out. I think ultimately the winner here is is the league. The league gets interest in the East Coast because it was all on the West where people don't watch a lot of basketball. People aren't awake when the Lakers and Clippers play. Now you've got interest in the West and the East, and your title contender in the East comes out of New York City, which is a dream come true for the NBA because they've had some brutal ratings in the last year and into the playoffs on through the NBA Finals. And the Knicks have been a a mess, and the Nets have been half of a mess. The Rockets, they get Oladipo, uh, they get the three first-rounders from Brooklyn, they're getting four four Brooklyn first-round swaps, I'm not even sure what that is. The the story for me on a more personal level is that, you know, I live in Indiana and right. the Pacers dealing out Victor Oladipo, bringing in uh, uh, Karis LeVert, getting a second rounder. I know how uh, Hoosiers are thinking about this, right? The people of Indiana. How is this playing in the rest of the league? Did Oladipo really want out or was Oladipo just a card that could be played? Well, first, I really like Uh, what Indiana did. I think you could argue Indiana was the biggest winner here. Um, Now, certainly Brooklyn is now the the favorite in the East. In fact, the Vegas odds, they climbed over every team in the NBA in Vegas, except for the Lakers. They leapfrog the Clippers in terms of their likelihood in the NBA futures to win the title. But I love what the Indiana Pacers did because yes, Victor Oladipo, an outstanding player, a a former Indiana guy is a very good player, but he wanted out. He had one year left on his contract. He's going to test the free agent market. So he's got an expiring contract and he made it pretty clear. He didn't want to be there. So if you're Indiana, you're able to not just get something to replace him. I think you're getting a similar caliber player in Karis Levert and a younger guy, a guy that's under control for several more years at a, tolerable salary cap number i think they absolutely upgraded because lavert has a higher ceiling than where oladipo is right now so that's a great move now what's strange to me is houston didn't want Karis lavert they preferred victor oladipo which other than the expiring contract just doesn't make a lot of sense to me because you've got two similar players one that's younger 
and one that has more years on his contract like Levert. So I think you as a Pacers fan should feel good. You've already got Malcolm Brogdon. You've got Sabonis. You've got a team that was a four seed last year, and they're a four seed right now. And I think overall they got better and have one of the better starting fives in the NBA if they can get a superstar this offseason, which that remains unlikely in a city like Indianapolis. I think you can feel better about the Pacers today than you did yesterday. Talking to Dave Briggs, uh, formerly with NBC Sports and Fox News. Now let's talk about the league in general, right? The, the, yeah. the, the season has started. Uh, they have certainly calmed down from the social justice push that engulfed them last year with both positivity and negativity. I got about uh, 60 seconds. Um, how are they doing? What does the future look like? Well, I think the NBA is still trying to shake off the perception, and and it's not a good one. I mean, look, I am one of many NBA fans that really struggled with staring at Black Lives Matter on the court. When guys scored a bucket and you didn't know his name, he turns around, and you've got to be reminded of some sort of social justice program instead of the name on his back. You're seeing that. So I think it was a huge mistake. I've talked to some insiders in the league. In fact, a high-ranking NBA executive that admitted to me he was never in favor of that and thinks it was a big mistake. I think they lost somewhere around 10%, and it may have been more, fans forever that have no interest in coming back because of the message they crammed down people's throat last year. Now, the ratings have rebounded a little bit, but they really need fans back in the stands. The teams are losing money, and the games are just more exciting with home crowds but they're really struggling with COVID. So fans are not coming back anytime soon. I don't think they're back this year. And players are catching COVID everywhere because the NBA is the hardest league. These guys are young. They all make $20 million a year. They all go out. They are not yeah. you know, like the NFL where there's one game a week. They do so much traveling, so much partying. They have so much money. I think they end up in a bubble sooner than later. We will leave it there, man, because I, I got to run. Dave Briggs is his name. You can find him, Dave Briggs TV, on, on the Twitter box if, if you choose uh, to. Always a pleasure, man. We'll get into more. Long year ahead. This is Tony Cox today. So to answer the question, how many troops, National Guard troops, were at other inaugurations? At President Trump's inauguration, according to Newsweek, there were 8,000 National Guard members. President Obama's second inauguration had 6,000, but his first inauguration had 10,000. Because, you know, record-breaking crowds and first black president and all of that, according to the article. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, the phone number, feel free, 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. So 20,000 for this, it would be more than the second Obama and, and Trump combined. Now, that's what they're saying. I don't know if that means 20,000 will actually be there. Do I want them to be needed? Gosh, no. No, I like easygoing inaugurations. I like simple transfers of power. 
right? I, I don't, I don't, I don't want too many issues or problems. As a matter of fact, I want the biggest problem to be we're out of cream puffs. You know the desserts that they they pass around sometimes afterwards at the big parties. We're out of cream puffs, and I want people to get on the microphone. Uh, they're out of cream puffs. We need cream puffs to uh, to table four, and then boom, the cream puffs arise. We go, ooh, crisis averted. That's the most that I want. I also want cream puffs. So that's the answer to the question. Then I got asked by producer Ari during the break, what did Jake Tapper do? Yeah. I will share with you what Jake Tapper did in just a bit. But first, let's talk about Gina Carano. Let's talk about Gina Carano, who you see right now in The Mandalorian. And you saw her in Deadpool. She was the super strong chick. Um, she was the one in, in, in the fight with, uh, well, what, what, what's, what's the name of Metal Guy? I forget his name. Colossus? I was thinking of Juggernaut, but he's not Juggernaut. Colossus. Colossus, there it is. Thank you. Couldn't remember his name. Uh, she is taking heat. She's taking flack as Gina Carano. Now, you might remember her mixed martial arts, UFC. She was the first, I think, the first woman's champion. Good fighter. She's taking heat because she's critical of Democrats, and she's not into mask wearing. So she did an interview talking about issues with a Star Wars fandom. And she said uh, that, you know, um, she doesn't favor this idea of demoralizing people or canceling people that you disagree with. People need to be okay with having conversations, is what she said, with having difficult conversations, with having different opinions. What's wrong with having a different opinion? Why does everybody have to straight go to demoralizing? Because maybe they just didn't think the way you did. Gina Carano is having the conversation that we are all having. What's so wrong with a difference of opinion? Why does it mean your destruction? Why do you, why should you be destroyed? Why should you lose your job? Why should you not be able to get a political donation? Right? Some side is going to disagree with you giving a political donation to somebody else. But if groups want to say, oh, you challenged the Electoral College vote, well, you're guilty for causing a riot, so we won't give to you. No, no, no! They're not guilty of causing a riot. Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley did not cause a riot. This is just false. And companies, Fortune 500 or what have you, that are like, oh, we won't give to you if you did that. Well, you're out of your heads. Because I have got senators up the wazoo that supported the rioting and the violence that took place in the streets. And where were you? I mean, that's that's a question people should ask. When you say, oh, we won't give to them, that doesn't make you moral and pious. What it does is it signals that you have a constituency that we don't know about. And that constituency is not everybody who uses your product, now is it? That constituency are um, somebody else. Maybe, I don't know, people that you like to have dinner parties with. That could be your constituency. So Carano continues in this conversation 
My whole perspective on this is I've seen people get bullied off of Twitter on both sides. I don't like bullying, which is, I think, a rational point of view. And if I don't stay present, which I don't even necessarily want to stay present that often, I want to make art. Art is my passion. But if I don't stay present, then other people win. Other people win in bullying people off of platforms, and there needs to be a more balanced platform. Isn't she making perfect sense? Isn't she making absolutely perfect sense and everything you would and should agree with? That people should be allowed to speak freely, that people should be able to engage in all sorts of opinions and ideas, and we shouldn't just be attacking people, canceling people, throwing people off because someone disagrees, or someone else who with pseudo-morality decides that what you said is not acceptable. Gina Carano's got this understood and figured out. And as for the idea that people want to silence her, quote, I'm going to stick around and my presence bothers you, okay. But also a lot of people are not bothered by my Twitter presence or my social media presence. So I focus more on those people. I bring the fire out in people. I'm not sure why. You and me both, sister. You and me both. You can't worry about those people at all. They don't count. They're not in charge. But her conversation is more valuable then what Representative Ocasio-Cortez is pushing out there, saying that we should limit media and make sure that governments are the ones who are deciding whether or not the media are doing right or wrong. It's far more valuable. People who push for free speech and want to say to the cancel culture people, stop it, are far more important than the people who think that government should decide what you can say and when you can say it. Pretty sure that goes without saying. I'm Fingers Malloy with the Bourbon Minute brought to you by the Eat, Drink, Smoke podcast. Luxco announced on Wednesday that the St. Louis-based spirits company is releasing a higher-proof version of its popular Kentucky bourbon, Ezra Brooks. According to Kentucky.com, Ezra Brooks 99 also is a Kentucky straight bourbon, charcoal filtered and bottled at 99 proof rather than the brand's 80 or 90 proof version. The brand dates to the 1960s and has a reputation as a solid bargain price bourbon. This version features a slightly spiffier bottle to elevate the whiskey to somewhere between entry level and the old Ezra version, which is aged seven years and bottled at barrel strength. The company said that the version will be competitively priced when it hits shelves at stores this month. This was the Bourbon Minute brought to you by Eat, Drink, Smoke. It's your cigar bourbon foodie radio extravaganza. Check it out on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, or your favorite podcast platform eat drink smoke i am loving the video that's being passed around about representative cicilini he's gonna be one of the impeachment managers don't you know probably one of the guys who goes around saying you're not wearing a mask in a public place tony katz Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. On Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Well, the video shows David uh, Cicilline sneezing 
And you're like, what's so strange about that? It's during the impeachment hearing, and uh, there he is. Uh, he's, he's, he's got a sneeze. He's got a, a big old honker of a sneeze that he's got to do. And so he pulls down his mask, sneezes into his left hand, and puts the mask back, puts his left hand on his left knee. Now... What's wrong with this situation? It's coronavirus. You have to wear a mask, otherwise you're going to kill my meemaw. And I'm not opposed to masks, by the way. I'm just opposed to hysteria. And he sneezes, not into the mask. Not into maybe, I don't know, a, a, a handkerchief, right? Into his hand that is just out into the world. That's hilarious. That's insanely funny. As opposed to Jake Tapper. Now, Jake Tapper has made his bed. Jake Tapper is uh, is going to be the far left guy and uh, claimed to be the moral arbiter. It got him an extra hour on CNN. The money must be super sweet. And I'm not saying that he doesn't believe it. He may very well believe it. But what he has done in believing it has put himself into an ugly, ugly place. If we are opposed to these kinds of things and have now made a determination that they can incite violence, maybe we shouldn't do them. Jake Tapper on CNN is discussing those, uh, a bunch of people who, and uh, about impeachment and how uh, they voted did they vote for it did they vote against it there were 10 republicans that voted for impeachment and one of the people that comes up in conversation is brian mast representative brian mast you've probably seen him before he lost both his legs in in war he lost both his legs in, in in iraq and this is jake tapper the reams of evidence that we have. There's one other thing I want to share. But just one other thing. Just yep. That's relevant. What you're saying right now is relevant because Congressman Brian Mast, mm -hmm. a Republican from Florida who lost his legs, by the way, fighting for democracy abroad, mm -hmm. although I don't know what is I don't know about his commitment to it here in the United States. He lost his legs fighting for democracy abroad, but I'm not sure what his commitment to it is in the United States. You you said it, Jake. I don't know why you said it. I still can't figure out what it's supposed to mean. You claim to care so much about democracy, you're willing to sacrifice your body, but when it came time to really do something, you wouldn't stand up? Ha, get it? It's a joke about your legs again. What the hell? What does it mean? What is it like? to be so filled with rage and righteous indignation that you can't even see how awful you're being. What is that like? Now, I think the events of the past week plus have shook some people. And I don't mean this in some kind of touchy-feely, uh, uh, trigger-warning kind of way, but rather in the... If you're on the political right, you you knew that there were the, the, the nutbaggers out there. You always know that they're out there. 
But you never dreamed that anybody would storm the Capitol. You never dreamed that no one would fight back at the Capitol. You never dreamed you'd see this. It never dawned on me. I have people in my life, I won't use names. They're thinking about moving. And the reason they're thinking about moving is they want to make sure they're in a county that might actually protect their rights if things go bad. What is that like? There are people who are worried about where the country is going in that way and fearful of it, and it's building in them. And then there are people who saw what happened at the Capitol and said, that's, that's supposed to be associated with me? That's, that's, that's not it? Well, you supported Trump? No, 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 no. You can't play that game. You supported Black Lives Matter and the violence that took place? Or did you support Black Lives Matter because you thought there was a cause at play? I support low taxation and I support reducing regulations. I don't support storming the Capitol. I sleep fine. But there's no doubt that what we saw for a lot of people has them saying, what did I just see? And watching, I I think, some of the fighting about it while other people don't even have a second thought about introspection. We watched the political left cheer on impeachment and never once ask themselves about the things that they say. Louis Gohmert quoted Nancy Pelosi, and Louis Gohmert is the one, the congressman from Texas, Republican, getting attacked in social media for quoting the things that Nancy Pelosi said about the election. And I think people are having a tougher time than than they may be letting on. I would provide, if I could, uh, a, a bit of, uh, of advice and maybe just a bit of perspective. Number one, don't ever listen to CNN. Republican Party in turmoil. They're on the brink. Dear Lord, they've been saying so for four years. And saying it now does not make them accurate. But a reckoning is worthwhile. A remembering that the, the idea of the Republican Party is, is not about you know, destroying your opposition, it's about preserving a republic. The conservative looks to conserve the idea of values and morality. That is not about, well, they're trying to send you back to the 50s, these people. Pay no attention to that crazy. Well, it's hard to conserve something when you could see something so daft. I read my Declaration of Independence. I know that the moment may come where you have to stand up. But light and transient causes would keep me from doing so at this moment. I remind you that while we still have a republic, we still have opportunity. Yeah, Uh, Someone may call it hope. I don't actually talk that way, so that won't be me opportunity to set it right, opportunity to make it better, opportunity to connect, opportunity to convince, opportunity to grow, opportunity to build, opportunity to survive and thrive, opportunity to look our neighbors in the eye and say, we can do better than this. I believe these things. I believe these things to my soul. Maybe it's because I'd go crazy if I didn't. And maybe I'm fooling myself. But every day I'm here, 
is one more day that proves it to be true and gives me one more opportunity to make it so. I have won battles and I have lost battles and losing sucks. Self-inflicted wounds are worse. But how to heal from a wound and get back up, at, back into the ring, back into, yes, indeed, the fight. That's everything. Maybe first you got to look at the wound and ask yourself where you're wounded. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But eventually you got to get back into the fight. And I'll be right here. I'm Tony Katz.